And I believe that that will begin to help you on that journey. Well, good morning, and thanks again for tuning in with us today, whether this is your first time joining us or maybe you've been uh, part of this church for a long time. We're just so glad to have you here. Uh, today, we're actually concluding a series of messages that we've called Called and Loved, and we've been looking at certain passages in the Bible and uh, just asking God to speak to our hearts and into our lives. And today, believe it or not, as we conclude this series, we're actually going to be looking at three chapters from the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And so we're going to be looking at chapters 9, 10, and 11. I know for those of you that have been on this journey with us, you may think, wow, that is a lot. How in the world are they going to get through this? And uh, I just want you to make sure that you stay tuned in and have faith that we are totally going to get through this today. In fact, uh, these are probably some of the hardest passages in Paul's letter to the, to the church in Rome. And it's really easy to actually skip over these chapters and just go right from chapter 8 right into chapter 12. Uh, but we just know that God has something for you today. We believe that. And uh, I don't know about for you, but for me, whenever I find uh, difficult things in Scripture, I have somebody that I call. I have somebody that I invite into the situation to help me navigate the, the Scriptures. And so that's why Pastor Craig is with us today. Uh, he is one of those people in my life. And so I'm so glad to have you here. I'm glad that we're going to be able to do this together. Always a pleasure to be here. Read some of these Scriptures and then just kind of talk through them and, and see what it is that, that sure. God has for, for us today. So once again, thanks for tuning in. And so if you have your Bible, go ahead and grab it. Uh, otherwise, the scriptures that we're going to be reading are on the screen together. And so let's just start right at the beginning. Let's start in Romans chapter 9, uh, beginning in verse 1. It says this, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. And so you got to love the way that he starts this, that, that Paul being vulnerable, being willing to kind of invite us into what it is that the Holy Spirit is actually speaking into his heart and his life and the struggle that he's going through. And really, it's for his own people. You see, Paul was a Jew. Uh, he was raised a Jew. He was in the Jewish faith. And God got a hold of his life, did a miraculous thing in his life, and actually used him greatly to influence the Gentile world, those who were outside of the Jewish faith. And so here he is, he's writing this letter to a church that consists of both Jews and Gentiles in a time and a place uh, when they really just needed to hear words of encouragement. And so let's look at how chapter 10 opens up. It says this in chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. And so as we've been looking at this, as we've seen even the life of Jesus, as we've kind of um, tried to unpack and unfold what it is that, that God's speaking to us, here Paul, someone who, who is of the Jewish faith and converted to the Christian faith, is just really lamenting. He's really having a difficult time because he wants his fellow uh, Jewish brothers and sisters to know the same faith that, that he has, that he's come to know, the truth that he has. And so why do you think it was so difficult uh, for, for the Jewish people to accept that Jesus actually was the Messiah? Well, what was happening was the Jewish people they trusted in themselves. See, 
It's all about faith. It's all about faith in, in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And um, what was happening was the people thought that they were in a right relationship with God the Father through their works of trying to keep the law. So now Jesus comes along and he claims to be the Messiah and the deliverer. And the message that he was bringing with him was about the spiritual kingdom of life with God the Father, being in a right relationship with him, not by keeping the law, because he, Jesus was pointing out that they were sinners, that you can't keep the law. It's not about your works. It's about God. It's about his grace. And it's about forgiveness through the Messiah, through his life, and through him keeping the law perfectly. Well, that didn't go over real well with the Jewish people. Um, they didn't like that message. And of course, we, we know what happened was he ended up um, being crucified and um, suffering and dying on the cross. Um, the message that Jesus brought to them was offensive to them. And so the basic, basically, they were trusting in themselves and their work. Uh, that's why it was difficult for the people, I think, the Jews, to come to faith in Christ. Because and, of themselves. and we see that even today, right? We see that uh, within the Jewish communities, those that are still waiting for the Messiah, but also even in, I guess, even in our own lives, right? Here we are, we're going through this pandemic, and, and you know, a lot of people think this is a way for God to bring people to himself, to reveal himself to him. But at the same time, we also find people that they want nothing to do with God. They're, they are rejecting God. And so well, how does that play out in kind of our lives and, and what we're seeing happen in our world? You know, I've actually been giving this a lot of thought. I've actually been giving this a lot of thought the last couple of weeks. And what I've come to is for the same reason, for the same reason. Because, like, for example, we hear a lot from scientists and doctors today, especially on the news and the TV, they get up there, and we hear a lot of the we word. We will overcome this. We will conquer it. We will come up with a vaccine. And it's all about them. It's all about themselves. It's all about them having faith in their knowledge. There's no, as Solomon writes in the book of Ecclesiastes, he writes, for fear of God and keep his commandments, this is the whole duty of man. Well, the fear of God he's talking about there is faith and trust in God, standing in awe of God and who he is. We're not hearing that, at least I haven't been hearing it, mm. from a lot of the scientists and doctors that we've been hearing from. Um, it's all about them. Uh, it's all about their knowledge and, and their belief in themselves. And so it's difficult for them to even acknowledge what God can do. Uh, they've taken God completely out of the question. Now, it's not to mean that science isn't good for us. It is. It gives us a lot of benefits in life, medicine, transportation, education. And we have a lot of Christians out there who are scientists, and we thank God for them. But it's God who allows us into his world to study his world, his nature, through the minds that he's given us, that he created us with. In order, and, and I just think that today it's for the same reason, that they just don't have a fear of God and awe of God and who he is. And, that, and that's that tension that we seem to always live in, isn't it? Of, of wanting to rely on our own wisdom and knowledge. And so, you know, and it always goes back to control. And so we, we get a little bit of education or we go and we do our own research. And so now all of a sudden we have the answers and, and we don't need God because we've, we've figured it out on our own. And it's interesting because as Paul is taking us through these passages, what does he do time in and time out? He brings us back to God. He brings us back to the sovereignty of God. He brings us back to putting God in his rightful place in our lives. And in fact, in, in uh, verses 9 and 10 in chapter 10, it says this, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, well, this is how you're saved. Here's the roadmap. This is how it happens. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so why is it so important for us to have a public confession of our faith? Why is it so important that we publicly confess our faith? And even what does that look like for us on a daily basis? Yeah, well, we all know, and you know this, I know this, and we, we, we are not saved because we confess. We confess because we're saved. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's so important. First of all, the main reason it's important for us to confess our faith is to spread the gospel, the mm. good news. I mean, faith comes by hearing. How are they going to hear unless we confess our faith? And telling others about Jesus is part of that confession. Another reason for public confession, and when we get together with other Christians and speak about faith, it strengthens us. I think not in the sense that our faith becomes stronger in Jesus Christ, but we become stronger in, in, in standing up for Jesus. And for example, last Sunday, uh, we were streaming the service at home, Sue and I, and we had the Apostles' Creed. So Sue and I said the Apostles' Creed together, and in that time, it, it, it binded us together. It reminded us of, that we are one in the faith, that we are, and, and it gave us courage, encouraged us, encouraged us. Uh, in the faith. And so, and what does that look like in our daily life? Uh, it, it looks like um, giving glory to God in all that we do. Um, a lot of times in our life, what we do isn't going to look a whole lot different than those who don't believe <laughs> in Jesus, except that what we do, we are doing for God's glory. Um, and so, and we, and we look for those opportunities to talk to others about Jesus. Especially now that we're home, uh, we have that opportunity to talk to our neighbors over the fence. Um, a lot more than we used to. Right. And maybe you're new to Shepherd's Gate or maybe you're new to the church and you, you've never heard of the Apostles' Creed before. It's something that the church has actually been saying for nearly 2,000 years. It's our confession of what we believe to be true of Father, Son, Holy Spirit about God. And so I would just encourage you uh, to, to Google that if you're interested in that. Or for me, I know in my life sometimes when I'm just really uh, just struggling when I'm really just, I just need to be able to refocus my time and energy, is sometimes I'll just drop wherever I'm at in my house to my knees. And I'll just say a a simple whisper to God of, of God, I believe in you. God, I trust you. God, I know that you're going to see me through this. And and I would encourage you to do the same thing. If you're having those struggles, if you're having those doubts, if there's those moments throughout the day, just hit the pause button. Just stop wherever you're at and, and, and have that confession. And as we say those things, isn't it, isn't it interesting that so often as we speak those things out, I mean, we know it's the Holy Spirit that's right. at work, right. but it's actually bringing comfort to our hearts. Right. Right. I know, I know. <laughs> I'll let you into a little bit of insight. What I do in the morning when I'm, when I'm making the bed um, is I'll recite the Apostles' Creed to myself out loud. Because it reminds me of what I believe, and it goes from the mouth to the ear to the heart. Um, so, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's great. That's yeah. a- and taking those times to pray during the day. Right. Well, it's interesting because he goes on to just remind us again, because we know as this thing continues to unfold that people start taking sides, right? And so we have this information that's out there, and you, you, you have people on different sides politically. You have different sides uh, in the medical realm. And, and what can happen is, is our, our sinful nature begins to creep in. And so we may say or think or maybe even post things 
that puff us up and maybe put others down. I don't know if you if you've seen this or experienced this. Um, and and it, it can be a dangerous place. Like we always have to remember that that God is always about redeeming the world to Himself. Mm. And even Paul, even in his day and age, dealt with the same thing. He just dealt with it differently. The, the two divides were kind of the Jewish people and the Gentiles. Where mm-hmm. for us in our day and age, it goes back to knowledge. Well, I know a little bit more than them, or I'm a little bit more educated than them, or whatever you know, fill in the blank for us. And it's interesting how this is how how Paul puts it in verse 12 and 13. He said, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. And honestly, you could put anything in there that that would apply to us. The same Lord is Lord of all. And then look at what he does. This is how much God values every single human being on the planet. And he richly blesses. Who does he bless? All who call on him. Again, that, that, that confession, you're calling on God, you're putting him in his rightful place. For everyone, it's not just some people, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so as you hear those words, as you see the world that we live in and how easily it is for us to kind of slip into that us versus them mindset mentality, what would be some words that, that you would give to people to kind of caution them? Well, like you're saying, to remember that we're, you know, and, and, and this, and I kind of go back to Romans 9, 1 through 5 at the beginning in Romans 9. I mean, there Paul is remembering, he, he's actually praying. Mm-hmm. He's praying for his fellow Jews. And what Paul is doing there, even though he's called to the Gentiles, and even here in 10 and 13, or 12 and 13, he's talking about there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. What Paul is doing is he's kind of reminding us that of the big picture that we are part of God's story, Hmm. that God is not part of our story, which is, I think, what we do so often in our life. We make God part of our story rather than us being part of his story. And his story is salvation for all people. And, And that, you know, even though Paul was called to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, in the beginning of chapter 9, he's remembering his fellow Jews. He's remembering the big picture. He, the big picture that all people, God wants all people to be saved, come to the knowledge of the truth. And, and, it's, and that's what we have to remember in our daily life, is that we're all God's children. And we're all God's children. And um, there is no difference. And in some way, shape, or form, he is still reconciling the world to himself. Absolutely. That he's bringing the world to himself. In fact, uh, if you jump to Romans chapter 11, in verse 22, it says this, Consider therefore the kindness and the sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you. And it says this, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you will also be cut off. I don't think anyone wants to be cut off from God, right? Yeah. And if they do not perish in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. And so often, as, as we read these passages, as, as we look at you know, Paul's explanation uh, of the Jews and the Gentiles at, at his time, and even um, their struggle with faith, and, and where, where they fit in this whole thing, and you know, it was interesting because they were starting some quarrels even amongst them, even in the body of believers of who is better than others. And we all know that we struggle with our faith, right? Absolutely. We've, we've all had that. Absolutely. And so as we think of, as this continues to unfold, let's just be honest. Let's just be open and honest, transparent. I mean, you struggle with your faith in all of this. I've struggled with my faith. 
But what is it that you come back to time and time again? What would be your words of encouragement for people um, as we continue to watch this unfold? You know, and you're right. We, we all, I think, I believe that we, well, we do from our daily life. We know we understand that, that we are all going to struggle at one time um, in our life. Um, and for those who, you know, I've been asked that question <laughs> a lot of times over my years in ministry. People who are struggling, you know, they're like, do I have faith? You know, where is God? And my, my answer to them is this. The fact that you're struggling with your faith is good news. <laughs> and then they kind of look at me like, gee, thanks, you know. Well, not that you're struggling, but that you are struggling because if you did not have faith, you would not care. You would not be struggling. If you do not have faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you would not be struggling with the big picture. You wouldn't be struggling with maybe perhaps, you know, how, how does Jesus want me to live and, and how does this all fit in and why are things happening and where is God and all of that. You wouldn't be struggling with all of that. You wouldn't care. And so the first thing is it's good news that you are struggling because it's a sign that you, that you have faith. And yeah, we all do struggle. I, I have struggled in my life. There, there was a, a, one of the times that I did struggle in my life. Um, it was a pretty rough patch that I went through. And for quite a while, it was like a couple of months, um, I was having a difficult time understanding where God was at in my life. I lost sight of the big picture. I, I was like, Jesus, where are you? I can't see you. I, can't, I don't understand where you're at. I don't understand what's going on. And quite literally, quite literally, my prayer at the time was, uh, Jesus, I, I'm having a tough time here. I don't know where you're at, but I, I'm going to stand on the promise that you're there. And literally, I'm going to take the next step. And I would take the next step. And then the next day, it would be the next two steps, and the next week, and the next month. And I just trusted that God was there, even though I was having a hard time and struggling. It was at that time that my wife, Sue, she needle-pointed a Bible passage for me and um, put it in a frame, and it's been in my office for 25 years. Wow. It's kind of my go-to verse. <laughs> and I kind of share that with people uh, that ask me this question or that we talk about this. And it's from Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make straight your path. So keep the faith. Um, you know, and then there's those in their lives that might have loved ones or family or friends that are struggling with faith. And, and, and how do you deal with that? And same thing. Keep the faith. Keep praying. Pray. Pray for them. Pray that they will come to have that hope uh, in Jesus Christ uh, as their Lord and Savior and find that peace uh, that only he can give. Um, pray, too, that God will open up uh, opportunities to witness. Witness to them by your life. Hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be that over-the-top <laughs> witness, you know. Um, I've tried that too. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you know, when you're simply sitting around the table or you have that opportunity, you're at a, you know, or you're on the phone with them or you're zooming or you're talking about life, you know, talk about Jesus, how you're handling the struggle and be an example to them. Um, and, and like I said, pray. Jesus wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, he loves everybody uh, the same. And I think it's so important, and being just real with people, right? Like it, 
admitting that we don't have it all together, that we in fact struggle as well, and, yeah. and that we're, we're, but we're continuing to go back to God's word, we're continuing to stand on his promises and his truth and what he has for us. And we just want to share that hope with others. We want others to know that. And so if, those, if there's those that are watching and maybe they don't know if they have faith, maybe they are tuning in for the very first time, what, what would you tell them today? Jesus loves you. Christ cares for you. He died for you. And he, he, the same God who Paul writes about in what we've been talking about today um, is calling you to faith and, and, and to be a part of his uh, spiritual kingdom. And um, to give us, you know, you can always call us uh, here at Shepherd's Gate. I'll leave a message on the phone, and we will certainly uh, get back to you and talk with you about Jesus and who he is. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. Well, thanks again for joining us today. We're so glad that you've invited us into your living rooms. And, and let's do that. Let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray, which is our, our habit here at Shepherd's Gate. And if you wouldn't mind uh, closing us sure. in prayer and then also uh, including in that prayer our brothers and sisters in Michigan here who just have had a really tough week with the flooding that's taken place, if we could just Midland. include them yeah. sure. as well. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning. We want to thank and praise you for who you are and for all that you've done uh, for us spiritually, that you went to the cross for us and that you call us by the gospel, the good news. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've brought us to faith. We pray that you continue to watch over us and walk with us and keep us in that faith. We pray, O oh Lord, in thanksgiving for all that you've done in our daily life physically and that you, O oh Lord, keep us in your care. We do pray, Lord, for those who are struggling in faith. We pray, Lord, that they would know you as their Lord and Savior, that faith may be strengthened, healing may take place in the soul. We pray for those, Lord, who are suffering from the virus, who are sick. We pray that you continue to watch over them and grant them healing for those who are ministering to them, that they might be your instruments of peace and healing. For those who have suffered in the flooding, uh, Lord, with, up in Midland, in that area, we pray, Lord, that you be with them, that they would know that you're there and that you have not abandoned them. For all who are responding to care for them, we pray for safety for them and for all. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who does live and reign with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Amen.